أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Alhamdulillah by Allah Ta'ala's father we've reached this Mubarak ninth month of Ramadan uh, there is only this uh, uh, night and then tomorrow night and the first Ashara are over Rasulullah who it's reported that he said that this is a month the first uh, part of it is mercy and the second part is forgiveness and the third part is being freed from the hellfire so whoever wants to ask for Allah Ta'ala's mercy let them ask for it these days are very few a person gets very few days and nights like them in their life and it would be a shame if somebody wasted them watching Netflix or refreshing their uh, you know their social media a million times or doom scrolling uh, only in order to read that that dunya that they knew was crazy uh, uh, was crazy uh, uh, as they knew that it was so that they can grab their sibha and just fulfill their litany of 1000 oh no you didn't and uh, be just as bankrupt as when they started so we continue uh, uh, reading from Sheikh Tamim's translation of Sunnat al-Jaliyah fil Chishtiyat al-Aliyah the manifest or apparent Sunnah amongst the lofty Mashaykh of the order of the Chishtiya. So there's a subsection here regarding the evil of music and merrymaking according to the Chishtis. And uh, there are some comments that I would like to make uh, perhaps at the end of this malfuz. But for whatever reason or another, people think about uh, folk tasawwuf as uh, song, song and dance or, you know, music. And then oftentimes what will happen is that the you know, the poetry and the verse written by the Mashaykh that are metaphors for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or complete absorption uh, or ecstatic uh, annihilation within the holy essence of the Lord and in the love of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in the love of good uh, in a way that is not irrational but transcends rationality that this state which is a noble state and it was a state that passed over the companions ta'ala anhum, uh, and it was a state that is indicated by many of the ahadith even of the Prophet وسلم, that would come over him uh, that uh, somehow or another it's kind of twisted by people in order to be some sort of license to forget about one's responsibilities to Allah and his Rasul وسلم, or to uh, society or to others and uh, then people associate these gatherings with drug use and with free mixing and with all sorts of other nonsense and the Mashaykh were free from these practices and anyone that was not free from these practices they weren't from the Mashaykh and they're not people that we have anything to do with and uh, uh, it's really sad that uh, oftentimes you'll see uh, oftentimes you'll see uh, non-Muslims will read Malana Rumi and 
you know, you have to remind them that, hey, you know, this is a sheikh of tasawwuf. He was a alim of deen. And he was a faqih. And he was writing about the love of Allah Ta'ala. He wasn't talking about, you know, your heartbreak because your girlfriend dumped you. Unfortunately, many, many Muslims also need to have this talk as well. So you'll see, for example, um, the verse of the Mashaykh, the verse of Khaja Amir Khusro, for example, Dehlawi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, uh, being sung by, you know, a woman without her head covered or whatever. And there's, you know, just a completely inappropriate way uh, that these things are presented um, as if they're like uh, love songs. You know, really, I mean, there's nothing wrong with somebody composing poetry about you know, somebody they love or whatever, as long as it's free of praise of haram or something excessive that the sharia doesn't accept. And people do fall in love, that's okay. But that's not what it was about. And uh, one of the beauties of it was that they used a metaphor from common experiences that regular people had um, in order to talk about the divine, thereby bringing you know an, an experience an ecstatic experience that's really from outside of this world and making it palatable for the people which was one of the finest traditions of the prophets uh, and then those people who are their heirs thereafter but it doesn't mean that you know it's just like party time and you know who needs to pray or whatever we we're about to jam so uh we start uh, the first anecdote that uh, hazrat tanri brings is that Shah Abdul Haq al-Muhaddith al-Dihlawi rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala he was a great muhaddith he brought the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to the Indian subcontinent uh, before Shah Waliullah did uh, and he did great service for it except for his son who was a noble successor to his father became the Qadi he became the chief judge and spent all this time with fiqh and uh, the uh, study of hadith kind of fell away where Shah Waliullah, uh, Allah Ta'ala's qadr was that he would return to Delhi uh, at a time when the Mughal state was collapsing. Uh, and so by the time uh, his son, Shah Abdul Aziz, uh, would, uh, uh, would, would be a worthy successor to his father's seat, there was no state to hire judges anymore because the British uh, ruled, ruled Delhi. Uh, and uh, uh, so he got a chance to spend more time uh, serving the hadith of the Prophet and in every single calamity there's some wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and Allah knows best because if he was a judge then we wouldn't be narrating his son and the son of his father afterward um, but Allah does what he wishes Allah ta'ala does what he wishes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala samad he's the one who does and he needs to ask nobody and everybody, if they want to do anything, they have to ask him. They have to receive his permission. He's the one who has to ask nobody. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his mercy. So Shah Abdul Haq Muhaddith Dehlawi rahimahullah ta'ala relates one day that the Sheikh Nasiruddin Mahmoud Chiragh Dehli. Nasiruddin Chiragh Dehli was the Khalifa of Khajam uh, Nizamuddin Awliya and the preeminent uh, from his disciples. It says that Sheikh Nasiruddin Mahmoud Chirag Dehli. Chirag in Persian means a, a lamp or a, 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 a light. That he was the light of Delhi. Uh, that was his uh, laqab, his title he was given to by the people. Was present at the majlis of one of the other disciples of Khaja Nizamuddin Awliya. When all of a sudden uh, 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 drum, drum playing and singing commenced, the Sheikh Nasiruddin immediately stood up to leave. 
the attendees insisted that the Shaykh remain in the majlis. The Shaykh Nasiruddin replied, it's against the sunnah. They replied, are you rejecting sama'? Are you rejecting the, uh, the, the, the recital uh, of the Sufis when they sit and recite the poetry uh, of the mashayikh and contemplate on their meaning so that the, 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 the realization of those words hits it and colors their heart? Are you rejecting, they said, the sama' uh, and abandoning the way of your shaykh? He replied, the way of the shaykh is not a valid proof and has no shari'i bearing. Authoritative proof is only from the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's mashallah, that's uh, actual Sufi mashallah, that's boss, that's gangster. Even if you don't agree with him, you have to, you have to admire that. Anyone who has any love for Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has to admire that. That they said that this is the sunnah of your shaykh. And he said, so what? He said, so what? He said, the shaykh is not a valid proof and has no shara'i bearing. Rather, authoritative proof is only from the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa Some of the attendees then went to Khaja Nizamuddin Awliya, his shaykh, and relayed to him what had occurred in the majlis. Khaja Nizamuddin, they went to tattletale on his shaykh, which is, mashallah, a, a, a beloved pastime of annoying murids to this day. Uh, they went to tattletale on, his, on him to his shaykh. Uh, and uh, which is fine, I guess, if someone did something wrong. But uh, sometimes people are just scandal mongers and trying to get people in trouble or get people busted like a bratty child. So they went to the Sheikh Khaja Nizamuddin and relayed to him what had occurred in the majlis. Khaja Nizamuddin replied, saying he has done right and what he had said is indeed the truth, which is also another sign of Khaja Nizamuddin also being the real deal. That these people, they had no nafs in front of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They had no ego in front of the Book of Allah. They had no ego in front of the Sunnah of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rather, uh, uh, the person who abandons them in order to uh, embrace the uh, Sunnah, that person is the one that they love. Uh, and this is very similar to this something very similar to some of the uh, anecdotes that were mentioned in the past, uh, uh, like that of uh, Khaja. Uh, uh, um, Qutbuddin Bakhtiyar Kaki uh, telling his uh, young disciple, the then young uh, Fariduddin Shakar Ganj, uh, to leave uh, uh, his company and to go back to go back to his studies. Um, and a story like this, by the way, happens later on as well. Uh, you'll if you go, I, there's actually a playlist I made with regards to the Mashaykh of Deoband and the Tariqa Chishtiya, um, uh, being Umum and Khusus that the Mashaykh of Deoband are are also in Munsalik from the Tariqa Chishtiya as well. That uh, something like this happens later when Haji Imdadullah, who we mentioned, was the uh, Sheikh of Hazrat Tanvi and of the two founders of Deoband, Rashid Ahmad Gangohi and, and uh, Qasim Nanotwi, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, that uh, they would, in matters of fiqh or in matters of ilm, they would differ with their Sheikh Haji Imdadullah. And the same kind of like knucklehead marids would go and tell on them, go tattle on them. And uh, 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 they would say, well, your sheikh does this, your sheikh does that. You know, how come you don't do it? They say that he's our sheikh in, in suluk, but uh, not in fiqh. Um, uh, rather, in fiqh, we, uh, we ourselves have ijazah, and uh, we don't see this thing uh, as correct. Uh, and as far as his sheikh in suluk, as far as his, him being our spiritual, spiritual preceptor, uh, uh, we, we take from him in that matter. And uh, they went and tattletailed. To Haji Saab and Haji Saab said uh, basically yeah they're right 
he didn't say, oh, how dare they not uh, fall over themselves to listen to every last thing I do? How dare they not worship me like the cult leader I am? Astaghfirullah, that's not what those people were. That's not how they were. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, again, a sign of the kamal and the perfection of their, their submission and effacement in front of the uh, sharia of Allah Ta'ala and the book of Allah Ta'ala and the sunnah. Uh, uh, of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that they're happy that somebody follows uh, the Sunnah more than that somebody should follow them and uh, this is a, a, an honor tradition not just of our tariqah but every tariqah which is munsalik which is connected with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and uh, you know the greatest Shaykh of the tariqah after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who embodied this uh, were who the greatest mashaykh were the Khulafa Rashidun uh, uh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu both of them they uh, you know they, they were reported to have said during their Khilafah to uh, to the people that, uh, that that they desired to be corrected if they ever do anything against the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that was late antiquity that wasn't even the middle ages that had, had barely gotten going at that time, that was like ancient times. Now tell me what Arab ruler or what Muslim ruler is going to tolerate someone in his majlis upbraid him or chastise him on something like that. Rather Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu had said that in his majlis once he said something like this and a, 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 a man uh, uh, from, the, from, from the majlis stood up and said, Ya Umar, if you, uh, if you were to go against the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the deen of Allah, uh, we would straighten you out with our swords. And what did Omar say? You know, to throw him in jail and put him in the jandan, beat him up, slap him a couple. How dare you disrespect me? Don't you know who I am? And the Prophet said this about me. That but no, these people they're completely fana, completely effaced. They made themselves into nothing in front of the deen. Uh, uh, rather, uh, they made themselves nothing. They completely effaced and destroyed their own nafs. So Allah gave them a nafs better than the one that they gave up. So Sayyidina Omar said, Alhamdulillah, that Allah Taala made such people. That uh, would straighten Omar out by the sword if he ever left the uh, left the, the deen and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So this is not something that the Sufis made up, uh, my dear brothers and sisters. This is something. Well, you can say that if you consider the Khulafa Arba'a. So this is the finest traditions of deen uh, that the Mashaykh were like this. That the real, the true Mashaykh were like this. Allah Taala uh, give us uh, a glimpse of such people, so that the tajalli of of His nur should enter into our heart. And so that nisbah should enter into our heart as well and uh, give us strength in the times that other people are weak in this world uh, when we are faced with those decisions that are going to define us on the Day of Judgment and so that we have some rope to hold on to on the Day of Judgment, the day that other nations are going to be burned in the garbage heap of the hellfire. Hazrat Tanri continues in the Seer uh, Al-Awliya it is written that there were no musical instruments in the gathering of Khaja Nizamuddin, neither was there any clapping or merrymaking. If anybody would mention to him that some of his disciples would practice sama' with musical instruments, he would forbid them. It has been mentioned in Khairul Majalis that a, closed, a close acquaintance entered into the gathering of Sheikh Nasiruddin Mahmud Chiraghi Dehli and asked, Rahimullah Ta'ala, and asked, is it permissible to have musical instruments, drum playing, flutes, stringed instruments and sama'a while the, uh, uh, while the, while the uh, disciples dance. 
He replied, musical instruments, according to the consensus of scholars, is not permitted. Uh, look, if somebody comes out of the fold of the tariq, then there is no harm or loss because he will still have a place in the sharia. However, if he comes out of the fold of the sharia, then when will, where, he, where will he go then? Therefore, one should not even go near those places where musical instruments are played. As far as sama is concerned, there is a difference of scholars regarding that based on the appropriate condition uh, musical instruments, therefore, however, are forbidden by consensus. Now, this expression that the musical instruments are uh, forbidden by consensus uh, uh, is close to true, but I don't know it to be uh, absolutely true in the ijma'i sense that uh, the person who makes inkar of that is a kafir or outside of the fold of deen. But it is definitely against the fatwa position of the four madhabs, uh, uh, and it is definitely a weak position, uh, according to the fuqaha. Uh, but without getting mired into that, because this is not a fiqh dars. You can go and do your research about that and hold your opinions or whatever. But the most important thing in this uh, in this uh, paragraph is what? He says, look, if somebody comes out of the fold of the tariq, then there is no harm or loss because he will still have a place in the sharia. However, if he comes out of the fold of the sharia, then where will he go? If there, someone comes out of the fold of the tariq, then there's no harm or loss because he will still have a place in the sharia. Whereas if he comes out of the fold of the sharia, then where will he go? Um, and so he said that a person should not go uh, near these uh, gatherings for that reason. And, uh, you know, uh, this is the gatherings of merrymaking, even people who want to say, okay, well, so-and-so permitted musical. Okay, fine, whatever. But these gatherings of merrymaking that are just heedlessness, um, these are definitely not what's uh, meant by, uh, uh, by the sama of any of the Sufis. And, uh, you know, Hazrat Tanvi has a really interesting book in Urdu uh, uh, that he wrote called Haqqi Sima'a, uh, which is, has to do with the Haqqi Sama'a, the, the, the reality of the, the gathering of audition where, where the Ash'ara read. And... Uh, um, He's basically it's it's in it's in order of like forty questions and answers, and so the first question is is it permiss permissible to sit in those gatherings where musical instruments are played? And he says no, it's not. However, if it was, then the question comes, uh, you know, like uh, you know, what are the conditions of it being valid even if we were to suspend this one issue? And are those conditions met anywhere? No, they're not. But if they were, there's this issue, there's that issue. Basically, he 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 enumerates a number of uh, a valid uh, a number a number of valid problems that happen in these uh, gatherings, which disqualify the vast majority, if not all of uh, all of them, from being in any way, shape, or form beneficial and being anything other than just some sort of like jam session uh, or concert, which is nothing but pumping pumping a person's nafs up. Um, and uh, sadly, you know, uh, what these what these gatherings have become nowadays have just become business and money making and entertainment. Uh, and you can see, you know, that, you know, who are the people who participate the, in them? 99 out of 100 of them are people who don't really have concern of the Sharia or people who don't have really a dedicated life to the Quran or to the uh, ulum or to any of the other trappings of the deen. Look, if somebody comes out of the fold of the tariq, then there's no harm or loss because he will still have a place in the sharia. However, he comes if he comes out of the fold of the sharia, then where will he go? Uh, Hazrat Tanri continues, Hazrat Khaja Usman Harwani, the Sheikh of Khaja uh, uh, Ma'inuddin Chishti. 
narrates a malfuz of Khaja Modud Chishti, one of the elders of the Tariq from, from, from even before him, uh, uh, from Chishta Sharif, which is uh, a, a place, like we said from before, in modern Afghanistan, uh, near the city of Herat. This is Khaja Usman Harwani, uh, uh, narrates a malfuz from Khaja Modud Chishti, saying that some villages of Khorazm and townships close to Os will fall to ruin and destroy themselves due to infighting because of their cursed involvement in music and merrymaking. He pr predicted this uh, would happen. And indeed, uh, uh, what ends up happening is that the Mongols will destroy the entire uh, uh, Khorazmian uh, 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 state. Hakim al-Ummah comments, Hazrat Tanvi, Notice the degree of severity uh, with which the involvement in music is being reproached and condemned. The universal nature uh, of the statement entails that the general sama'ah, commonly known as qawwali, uh, 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 which is thought to be a favorite, uh, a favorite pastime of the chishtis, is also included uh, 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 in the condemnation, uh, uh, if it's done incorrectly, I add. Um, otherwise, mashallah, the gatherings were ash'ar were read and sung as nasheed. This is something that's narrated from the Prophet ﷺ, and we saw from our mashaykh from their own gatherings, but we're talking about merrymaking and musical instruments and whatnot. Um, Hazrat Tanwi continues, Hazrat Amir Khusro Dehlawi narrates that Khaja Nizamuddin Awliya Hazrat Amir Khusro Dehlawi is a very interesting figure. He was the most, if not one of the most, if not the most devoted disciple of Khaja Nizamuddin uh, in Dehli. He was a soldier, he was a trader, he was an artist, he was a poet, um, a, a man of many talents and uh, culturally kind of like a, a, a kind of a one-man empire. Um, and so a figure celebrated by many different types of people in the history of the subcontinent. Also in Persian uh, poetry, his verse is well known. Uh, although he didn't only write in Persian, he wrote also in the old Hindavi language that was spoken there. It's a precursor to Urdu. Uh, um, and he also wrote in Arabic uh, his verse, and he would make many colorful uh, uh, nazams uh, in which there would be verse switching between languages and things like that. Um, Hazrat Amir Khusro Dehlawi relates that Khaja Nizamuddin Awliya said Hazrat Shibli Shibli was one of the Khulafa of Sheikh Imam Junaid al-Baghdadi said Shibli on one occasion saw Shaitan these stories are really interesting Shibli on one occasion saw Shaitan and asked him when are you able to take control over a salik? Shaitan replied at the time when he's listening to music due to which his heart becomes unmindful of Allah's remembrance. At that time, I have full control over him. Um, and again, that's what happens in the gatherings of merrymaking, especially when the people are unmindful. Uh, that uh, the, the music itself, it, it tickles the nafs rather than engaging the mind and the heart. And uh, Shibli asked Shaitan, when are you able to take control over the salik? Shaitan replied at the time when he's listening to the sama, to the music, uh, due to which his heart becomes unmindful of Allah's remembrance. At that time, I have full control over him. Hakim al-Ummah Tanwi rahimahullah ta'ala comments uh, that Hazrat uh, uh, Sultanji relates this story without any reservation or refutation as a clear proof of his approval and acceptance of it.
Sultan Ji is who is Khaja Nizamuddin Awliya. Uh, 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 that he was c- he was considered like to be the real Sultan of Delhi. Uh, the Sultan Aladdin Khalji actually resented him for that, because the people loved uh, him and listened to his commands more readily than they would listen even to the Sultan himself. And that's a whole another set of uh, uh, interesting stories. But uh, Hakim al Umma refers to him as the real Sultan of Delhi. He says that Hazrat Sultanji, yani Nizamuddin Awliya. Uh, uh, relates this story without any reservation or refutation. It's a clear proof of his approval and acceptance of it. Clearly, we see Hazrat Sultanji, actual, his actual view regarding Sama, contrary to what people erroneously attribute to him. What a blatant lie they attribute to the pure and pristine way of the pious predecessors. Hazrat Tanri continues. Uh, uh, he says, Khaja Badr Ishaq and narrates that the Sheikh Khaja Fariduddin Shakar Ganj Ta'ala said, Darvesh. Darvesh means what? It's a Persian word. Meaning it's a word that they use to refer to the, the people, the travelers on the spiritual path, the Salik. So, Darvesh, uh, he has given you a hearing so that you listen to the dhikr of Allah. Yani Allah. He, Jalla wa'ala, has given you hearing so that you listen to the dhikr of Allah, to the remembrance of Allah. Wherever there is recitation of the Quran, lend an ear to it and ponder over Allah's admonishment. He's not given you hearing so that you can listen to slander, backbiting, music, and the wailing of mourners. It has been mentioned in a hadith that molten lead will be poured into the ears of the person who listens to these futile things on the Day of Judgment. Hakim al-Ummah, Hazrat Tanwi rahimahullah ta'ala comments, Notice with what sternness the shaykh is censuring the listening to music and that he made no exceptions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keep our eyes clear of batil of falsehood and our ears clear of batil and falsehood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep our hearts clear of batil and all falsehood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill them with nur Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill them with haq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for having abused them in the past and give us the strength and the himma and courage to resolve to keep them clean and pure uh, in the future, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us in a state that they're filled with light and with, with truth and not take us in a state of heedlessness. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.